Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all can join us once again. But for our radio audience at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome author Peter Ordner to our program today. Peter's written a great new book that really does not only showcase his own love of words and stories, but also, I think, something that all of us can be able to relate to. The book is called Still No Word From You, Notes in the Margin. We'll talk to Peter not only about the writing of the book, but also the reflection of words, their power, and stories, and what he hopes you're able to take away from the book as well. Peter, thank you so much for the time. Really do appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Cyrus. Great to be with you today. Hey, the pleasure of being online. So I want to talk about this experience for you, Peter, because, I mean, you are known, of course, for the, the power of words and how you've been able to use words. What has it been like for you to see the early response to stealing a word from you? Uh, you know, it's been it's been great. I this is my um, seventh book, which is hard for me to believe. But uh, I think this this is a, a special book to me. I, I figured at this point I'd write the book that I really wanted to write, and that was a mm. I wanted to talk about memory and reading and how they go together. And uh, so it's been the response has been great. And Peter, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to talk about the personal aspect of this, but I think also. What it says about why it's so important for us to want to document, but also to realize the preciousness that words bring. So I want to talk about, for those who are just now discovering your work, Peter, when did you realize that for yourself, that words were precious and words were something that you were attracted to? That's such a great question. I, uh, I think it goes, it goes way, way back. I, I think, you know, I think we all sort of find stuff you know, at some point in our life that we, you know, that we're drawn to and that, that, that maybe we're better at than other things. And, you know, I wasn't the best at sports. I wasn't the best at, at this or that. I certainly wasn't the smartest kid, but I, um, I was the kid who was always making stuff up. And uh, I think I realized that, that that had a certain amount of power, you know, and I, I, um, I wanted to sort of harness that power of, of getting people to listen to what I make up. And I think it all started, you know, pretty early on, sixth grade. And, and now, of course, it's something that all of us can be able to to appreciate. And, and I love the fact that as we're kind of able to read Still No Word from You, we get a, a slice of you as well. You mentioned, of course, write the book that you wanted to write, Peter. What was that like for you to kind of reflect on individuals that made an impact? Um, but also, of course, how that connection with words even existed with that. Yeah, I, you know, I think I, I like a lot of people. I, you know, they say that you know, life happens when you're not kind of thinking about it, you know. And I was, I was working on another book, one I've been sitting here all morning working on, and I, I would take time away from this book to, um, to take some notes on what I was reading that morning, you know. And I, I would, I would, I would, I, I was particularly interested in what the things that I read, but for having read them. I wouldn't have remembered certain things. And I started to just sort of jot down the stories that, that I recalled simply because someone else's words had called them up in my memory. And that's how this book sort of got written. 
one of the ones that stood out to me was uh, number uh, 29, chapter 29, um, the, the the letter to Mrs. Ingerman. Talk to us about that because I love the again um, this this marriage of thought, um, but also of of words and prose. I mean, talk to us about that particular letter for you, uh, Peter, and what that was like for you to kind of, kind of construct. Oh, thank you. Thanks for for pointing that one out. Um, it's a it's a letter to uh, my sophomore year English teacher in high school who I had heard had and uh, you know I was I was mourning her and I I wrote her a letter and I wrote her a letter about um, about a book that she had taught us you know a book we often read in high school or at least we used to um, Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter and I wanted to you know, kind of give her my, my current thoughts on, on that book, having ha- actually had, having reread it in her honor. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a joke, but it's also um, serious. I actually was trying to kind of talk to the dead. Yeah. There's a, another reason why I wanted to bring that one up, Peter, to be, to be honest with you, because I love the fact how even with your success, there is something about you that does not take yourself too seriously. You say in that same letter uh, to Mrs. Ingerman, uh, you say this um, about yourself. Uh, I'm a professor now, no Ph.D., let's not get carried away. I have a bogus degree known as an MFA. Uh, and, and then you, you, you know, go on to talk from there. Talk to us about that, I mean, what it's been like for you, because I can imagine I, I have the privilege of meeting some of my teachers that are still alive, and it's great for me to be able to catch up with them and to, to let them know how what I've been able to do has been impacted by the, you know, what they were able to do for me. What was that like for you to kind of reflect not only on those who have made an impact on you, Peter, but also where you are today and, and what got you here? Yeah, I mean, it's so. I I think I think to take to take ourselves too seriously, especially as teachers and professors, is the kiss of death. So, and I, that's something I actually learned from Mrs. Engerman. She she was funny. She didn't she didn't come from on high. She didn't say, "Here I am, going to stand up here and I'm going to explain this book to you," you know. And I I have always taken that to heart. And and you know, I think my job as a professor, my job as a writer, is not to come at you from above. You know, to talk direct, and uh, that's something that I, you know, Mrs. Engerman long ago, you know, she'd stand up there and she'd say, "What do you think?" You know, and I, I, I look at what I do as a conversation with you, not as, okay, here I am telling you about Nathaniel Hawthorne's book, and I'm going to tell you what it means. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when it comes to the dead, um, when it comes to death, that is a theme in this book. Did you realize yes. that as it was coming together, uh, Peter, that theme and and how those who have shared messages with you, like you referenced in Chapter 56 even, about your grandfather and his thoughts about death, was that something that kind of lingered with you as you were putting the book together? Definitely. I, I, you know, I think you know, when I say I'm having a conversation, it's also with people who aren't here anymore. You know, and, and I think a lot of times, you know, I, I'm standing in my study right now and, you know, I'm alone in here. It's wonderful to talk to you. But most of the time, most of the hours, I spend sort of communing with with, with, with the dead a lot of time. And, and I feel like a lot of my writing is actually a way to reach out and to have a conversation that I never got to have or, or got cut off for whatever reason. And especially, you know, my grandparents, I think – 
you know, it's weird how, like, as you get older, you start talking to them more, and they're not here anymore. And that's that. They they play a big role in this book. They play a big role in the title, and and they're all over it. Um, these people yeah. that have been gone from my life for you know twenty years now. And it's one of the things I think that, as I said in my introduction, Peter, I think that that's why readers will really resonate with this book. I think we've all kind of been there. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, is on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to be speaking today with author Peter Ordner. He's the author of the new book, Still No Word From You, Notes in the Margin. We're going to remind you how you can stay connected with Peter as well as get your own copy of the book. So I want to talk about reflection for a moment because, again, we are living in interesting times, Peter, and I have said this, I'm, I myself, I'm 47, and it's, it's so weird to me, even in my life, that the more advanced, quote-unquote, we as society and human beings are, uh, the more we do dumb stuff, it seems like, <laughs> especially when it comes to, <laughs> to, to thinking about, about the way that words are treated and words are respected or not, or books are treated. What has that been like for you to even think about in your career and in your life, how the way we look at words and revere words and even appreciate words is is changing? You know, it's so great. You, you mentioned, like, not taking yourself too seriously. You know, that's a, that's a mantra of mine. I, I don't want to take myself too seriously on the page. The other thing I don't want to do is I don't want to waste a lot of words. Like I feel, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like like I live almost like under an avalanche of words coming at me, you know, and I feel like, you know, I, I don't write a ton of them. I, I tend to write short, shorter essays. And that is because I think that we got to treat them more preciously and don't waste them. And I feel like I just want to be able to, to say what I need to say as precisely as I can and leave, then leave it there and not overdo it. And so I feel like, I do feel like there's a certain, like I love, I, I, I love words and I love, I love poetry. And I, I feel like the less of what you love is sometimes a lot better, I think. Hmm. What is it that keeps you at this point in your career and in your life, Peter? What is it that keeps you optimistic, though? Because one thing that does come through and steal a word from you is that regardless of what's happened in the world, no matter who's come and gone, that, that words are still, as I mentioned earlier, are powerful, that they have an impact. So what is it that keeps you optimistic when it comes to that and the power of the words even that you're writing today? I think what keeps me optimistic is, is the stories that, that keep getting told and the stories that, that, that you know, I think if and if this book is about anything, it's about the stories that make up a life and make up multiple lives and the stories that make up a family. And I feel like those stories, there's a reason, you know, how we get together at the holidays and we, we tell stories with our families and our friends that we've told before. It's not yeah. that we don't know the story, right? We've, we've heard it before, but it's like, there's something about the, there's something, there's something beautiful, I think really about retelling. And I feel like there's something optimistic in the fact that we still do that. And as long as we do that, I feel like as dire as things can be, and God knows, right? <laughs> but I feel like, um, you know, there's, there's something to wake up for and there's something to fight for. 
And I think that is one of the cool things. I, I, I want to last chapter I want to mention here is a chapter ninety four, and you talked about the journals of John Cheever there. I want to talk about that because again, it goes to the point I was making earlier, uh, Peter, about about respecting words and being able to really have the words not just be on the page but become a part of you. When it comes to your writing, I know again, you, you know, you talk about you know not taking yourself too seriously, but what has that been like for you? Because you have had this happen where people, when they are reading your words, they feel a part of it. How does that feel, and what do you hope people, when they pick up this book, feel when it comes to that feeling? I, I hope, you know, you mentioned that John Cheever chapter, which no one's ever mentioned, so thank you for that. I, You know, I feel like in that chapter, it's actually talking about his journals, that he may or may not have known would ever be read by a stranger like me. But what I think is the greatest thing about this is that is that you get to commune with a stranger, someone you will never meet. And I'm reading something that Cheever wrote on the day of his death, and I was so moved by it that I was thinking, like, what his words meant to me. Something's written in, you know, 1976 or whatever year he died. They, I mean, I, I they kind of broke my heart and 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 connected with me and, and made me feel something. And that's I just think it's a remarkable thing. And so what you know, what I think I, I take away from this is that is that there's an intimacy um when we read other people's work yeah. that 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 exists in sort of isolation of, of almost anything else. It's very strange to to, to be moved by a, a stranger's words that you're never gonna speak to them. Is that also something that, that when you get the messages, because I saw some, especially on Twitter, as I was prepping for this, uh, when you get the messages uh, from people who you don't know about you, how your words resonate, is that, is that similar to what you feel? Yeah, it's, it's totally, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's hard to explain, but it's like, it's kind of like an out-of-body experience when you have, when you, when you, when somebody's reaching across, you know, geography and space and time to say, hey, I, you know, something, something clicked with what you said. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of the amazing things about the technology that gives us so much trouble and it has so much negativity about it. Um, there is a connectivity that I think is important and, 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 and keeps me going, frankly. Peter, last thing I, I do want to ask you, because I think it's important for this conversation and people thinking about you and your work has your idea, you know, going back to the one letter I mentioned, uh, you know, when you're thinking about teachers and, 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 you know, being able to grow, has your idea of what your own success, has it shifted over the years? Um, doesn't get easier, right? <laughs> That's one thing I've, I've noticed. But I've also, you know, I'm kind of, I've come to peace with, with that, that, you know, that, that this is really about, you know, kind of day-to-day sitting down and trying to be honest about things. And, you know, I, I, there's a, a wonderful quote from the poet Joseph Brodsky where he says, like a pilot, if you land a plane a hundred times, you're going to pr- pretty much be sure that the pilot can land that plane a hundred and first time. But with, with, with a piece of writing, you know, how do I know I'm going to be able to connect again? You know, yeah. and that, that sense of doubt kind of fuels me because, I, because I, you can't get overconfident. And I never, I, I, I can't possibly get overconfident, and that's that's what can, kind of keeps me, you know, keeps me up at night, but it also wakes me up in the morning. 
Well, we look forward to much more from you, uh, Peter, for sure. Again, everyone, Peter Ordner has been our guest. Still No Word From You is a new book, Notes in the Margin. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore for sure. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. And, Peter, how can our audience stay connected with you? Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter. I, I'm Peter Orner at whatever at Twitter, <laughs> whatever you call that. <laughs> I'm, on, uh, I'm on Facebook. I now have an Instagram that a friend of mine helped me with, and I'm also my. I have a website, PeterOrner.com. Awesome. Well, Peter, congratulations to you again. Thank you so much for stopping by the show, and looking forward to speaking with you again. Such a pleasure, Cyrus, and an honor. Thanks very much. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.